Hello and welcome back to the Making Things Work podcast, where we discuss topics around digital transformation and leadership in the workplace. I'm your host, Duncan Pryor, and I help organizations simplify and transform through the use of technology. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Jim Junker, and today's topic is the intriguing title, Digital Water. Jim is the Senior Vice President of Technology and Innovation for Aegeon, and um, I could just introduce you, Jim, and ask you to explain what, what Aegeon does for those who haven't heard of the company. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks, Duncan. Uh, fantastic to, to see you again and to uh, be able to spend some time with you uh, today. Yeah, Asian, you, um, we're, uh, we're in the water business. In the UK, people may know us um, by our core business, which is in situ form. And we're basically in the business of, of lining, rehabilitating water and, and, and wastewater piping, among other things. So pioneer in the industry, uh, invented in the UK, which is... Uh, which is interesting uh, in itself. And uh, it all has to do with sort of uh, what we call in the industry trenchless technology. You know, if you just think about it at a, at a sort of a fundamental level, digging up pipes is, is very, very, very disruptive. So if you can do things uh, like what we do with different technologies and line these pipes, uh, make it less disruptive for our customers, less disruptive for the cities in which uh, we work, you know, all of that is 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 a really good thing. Okay, great. So I've been really looking forward to uh, to catching up today. We've uh, we we spoke recently. So, but the first thing I wanted to do was explain how our paths have crossed. Because you're you're obviously uh, you're you're calling in from uh, Houston in Texas today. I'm here in the UK, and we met in uh, 2020 as part of uh, an exec community that's put together by JT O'Donnell and the Work It Daily team. And um, JT has over 3 million followers on LinkedIn. And her key message to all executives is uh, revolves around publishing content. And, and here we are. So uh, I'd encourage everyone to sort of check out workitdaily.com, get in touch with Jim or myself if you want to find out more information about the work that JT does. So, Jim, yeah, I've got so many nice uh, memories from that period of being part of that group. Obviously, it's a cha- it was a challenging period. But um, what, what are your th- re- reflections from that, that period? Wow, it's, it seems long ago. Probably pretty crazy times, actually. If I if I think back, Duncan, to when we first met, I had just um, I just sort of repatriated my family from Dubai. I was in Dubai for a couple of years on an assignment, so we'd moved back to the to the U.S. to Houston. And around that time, probably contributing to all that was COVID was on the rise, right? So we got back. COVID was in full swing. And I don't know exactly how it was in the UK, but over here, the kids were all wearing masks or they were doing homeschool and, and doing and doing sort of Zoom calls. And then sort of professionally, right, we were all working from home for the first time ever <laughs> for some yes. of us. And, uh, and we weren't traveling at all. So for me, it was a, it was a, very, uh, it was a very different time. Um, and it was a great time, obviously, uh, to reach out and and uh and get connected with uh with different people and it's where i met yourself and and it was great because we were all in um you know pretty different circumstances yes yeah yeah and then you're still you you kept in touch with that group there was about 10 of us wasn't there all together i'm in touch with with uh some of the folks by various and some of us are still working with jt and you're you're still uh, in touch with quite a few folks there so it's uh you know you're you're uh your network is your net worth, right? And um, yeah. and so, particularly in this 
atmosphere of, uh, you know, more collaboration is better. It, um, it's certainly helpful. Yes. So tell me about your new role at Ageon then. You just joined the company. And then can you just talk a bit about this concepts of cured in place pipe, and then we'll lead on to the, the technology bit a bit later. Yeah. So the way, the way to think about cured in place pipe in, in kind of simple terms is if you think about, you know, the infrastructure, underground pipes subject to a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of decay, everything from, um, you know, to break down because of, of water, tree roots, um, you know, just a lot of, uh, a lot of things can, uh, can impact sort of underground infrastructure. And so it needs to be repaired. And so this sort of cured in place pipe is a technology that was again, invented in the UK and, uh, early 1970s. And so it hasn't been around that long. And basically you think about it as, as inserting some kind of a, kind of a felt, but a composite sort of liner in the pipe, you've got some, you've got some curing agents and some other chemicals and stuff that, that help it. And then you sort of bake it, if you will, with steam or water, or you cure it in some way while it's in place. Um, so you don't have to dig it up. You know, you can put this sleeve, if you will, or this sock inside a, inside a pipe. And if done properly, it restores it to like new condition and can last as much as 50 or hundred years. And so, you know, you know, particularly in Europe, less so in the U.S., but, you know, we all have aging infrastructure yeah, and sort of the ability to sort of rehabilitate things without having to, to dig up and start over is, uh, is, is a very, a very efficient way of, of doing things. Yes. Yeah, so, so you, whilst you've had, I guess, the roles in the leadership roles in the past where that sort of encompassed IT and technology, now your new role, you have direct responsibility for uh, technology and innovation. Yeah, I mean, hey, in 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 today's technology world, right? Everybody's in IT. <laughs> yes. All right. I mean, if you're not, if if you're not, I mean, you you need it. You need IT to fire up your computer in the morning. So yeah. Um. I mean, it's a it's a different. Uh, you know, it's a different working environment than it was when. Uh, you know, when you and I started. So no, I mean, we have. I mean, our view, I guess, at our company is. It's a strong partnership. We do have an IT department. You know, they build a lot of the systems and a lot of the structure that we need. But in our business, in particular, where we've got crews out there, you know, we're uploading terabytes of data uh, to the cloud in real time from our trucks. You know, these users of information have just got to be, you know, sort of very well linked, you know, to the IT department and 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 to the IT systems because we use them. Kind of every minute of every day, yes. So it's it's quite a it's quite a partnership more than um, you know certainly more than it was just a few years ago. Yeah, fascinating. Yes, because we we very much uh, espouse that point as well that really the the big decisions are technology related in in, in pretty much any company uh, these days. So so with respect to putting in place the the uh, the, the pipes and what have you, where, where does the technology come in there then for for that specific part of it as opposed to the the typical line of business applications, for example? Yeah. So now that's a great question. You know, I guess I would probably, probably two main areas is the right way to, to sort of think about that. You know, if you think about, you know, sort of the initial step is, you know, you think about underground pipes, you think about small, a lot of, uh, a lot of our pipes are eight, 10 inch diameter. Um, 
you know, you've got to crawl down a manhole in some cases to get there kind of far underground. So um, we, we use as, as part of our daily work, we use a lot of ro- robots. So you're able to put this, this robot down in there. You can't get a person in there. So a lot of robotics in moving the robot, taking pictures, you've got to inspect the pipe. And then later on, you've got to, if you, if you choose to do an intervention, if you choose to do a, uh, a CIPP fix, a lining, a repair of some kind, you know, we've got even fancier robots um, that help sort of perform that intervention. So, so the robotics piece of it is, is sort of inherent to, to what you have to do to sort of work underground safely and, and efficiently. The other area, though, that's, that, that's probably um, developing even faster is just around the data management. You know, all of this, all of this video, you know, has information on it that the the water district, the municipal, the city, you know, needs to see so that they can make decisions on how how to most efficiently deploy their, you know, their funds. And so there's all this, so that all this information and, um, you know, it used to be that, you know, that was downloaded to a, a DVD or a floppy disk. Yeah. Or, or a thumb drive, you know, now obviously with our interconnected world and most places, particularly in the U.S., kind of being, you know, 5G ready uh, in most of the areas, you know, we can operate, uh, we can operate in real time and the handling of that data is just much faster, much more efficient. So, and that's changing every day, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that where the innovation is then, where is in the actual, the processing of that of that uh that data in some sort of an automated yeah. ways i guess better data more yeah. data you know better data faster processing um, uh, you know all leads to you know better outcomes more productivity and 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 in some cases you know safer working conditions so yeah. you know yeah i don't i don't see that part of it you know changing uh, ever <laughs> so a typical city then has got for example, take it, uh, say take Houston for example. There's more, there's more problems than there is say money. So it's it's a risk management exercise of trying to assess everything that's going on and to make the most effective decisions at the time to 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 solve the biggest problems. Exactly. Better information, better technology gives you better information, so people can make better decisions and 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 absolutely allocate the the funds that are available in the most most efficient way to keep, you know, keep the infrastructure working. Yeah. One of the things we talked about when we caught up uh, recently that really, um, really struck me was this whole idea of just making work better as well. You've got historically, it would just be people, yes, going down manhole covers every day. And now you've got the opportunity to kind of make the, make the work more uh, sort of balanced, and interesting, where maybe there's a bit of that where it's essential, but you can also operate remotely with the robots and cameras and what have you. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, the world is sort of changing in that way too. I mean, we focus, you know, obviously with the robotics kind of step one is, is safety. You know, it all, it all starts right. with, with kind of safety for us, but increasingly workforce limitations and, 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 and the desire, I think, um, for people to want to work remotely, whether it be in an office <laughs> or yes. from home in some way is, is, is prevalent, you know, around the world. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, so we are, 
um, to that conversation, you know, we are looking at at how can we today, you've got to have crews on the site in the truck. Or yesterday, you had to have crews on the site in the truck because you had to be able to see it. You had to be able to touch it. You had to be able to, you had to be there directly. But increasingly, you can do some of that stuff remotely. And when you think about robotics, you know, in general terms, you know, it looks like a, the, the, the control system looks like a, a game boy, you know, it's a, it's a video Uh game controller. Today's generation are very comfortable with doing, um, not just with a keyboard, but you know, with a, with a game controller, you can do a lot of neat things. Um, and if you can fight through, um, some of those latency issues and some of those challenges of internet and some of those things and allow, you know, your best people to maybe not be traveling or not have to be only in one location, but to be able to do it maybe from their home and to be able to do sort of multiple locations. I mean, that's something that's, um, that's an appealing from an efficiency standpoint. And it's also appealing from a, from kind of a workforce and an employee standpoint. So yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that um, is is appealing, I think, in a win on multiple levels. You've got uh, technology partnerships with the companies in France, as you said before, and um, it's, a, it's a real global uh, effort. Yeah. You know, as, as, I, as I mentioned before, oil and gas industry, where I come, you know, there's a lot of innovation that comes out of the UK, you know, and in this, in this particular um, business that I'm in now, you know, this CIPP was, was invented in the UK. So, um, because of that, we naturally have, you know, a pretty healthy, you know, group of suppliers, technology partners in both the UK and in Europe. And, um, yeah, when you think about infrastructure in general, you know, in Europe and everything else, I, 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 I see that continuing for sure. So, yes. Yes, we hope to see you over here, um, Sue, because you've got this very strong connection with the UK, of course, having lived here for quite a while. I do. We, uh, we have a special, uh, special place in our heart for the UK. My, uh, we lived over there for six years, and uh, my son was born there, and both my kids uh, went to primary school there, came to Texas, and, and lost their accents uh, in eight weeks, <laughs> which is interesting in itself. Yeah is all it takes. But, um, anyway, so yeah, we get back regularly and, um, and we've got an office, our, our headquarters where ultimately in situ form UK is, is headquartered really kind of the center where it all started is in Wellingboro. So that's not too far for you. So, uh, I can, uh, hopefully next time I get over there, we'll, uh, be able to maybe catch up a lot. Yeah. And it's, and certainly, uh, uh, water is a, is a real hot topic in this country because the aging, infrastructure exactly as you describe is is leading to all, all sorts of issues and the the investment there's a lot of hot debate about the uh you know the investment required and how it should be being done or whatever and uh yeah that, that sort of debate is certainly raging on at the moment so i think there's um there's an opportunity here so um i wanted to now go back yeah to sort of dive back into some of your previous roles and to talk about from a leadership perspective how you how you go about building teams. So you've come into AGON quite recently, for example, and perhaps in some of your previous roles. Uh, I'm just keen to explore some of those, the, the pieces that they, the, maybe some of the principles that you go into organizations with to to then sort of build the, build teams and uh, drive change and innovation. Bit of a wide topic, of course, but we'll move on after that. 
Yeah, no, um, no, that's a great, it's a great question. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity, as you know, Duncan, to, to do it and, um, you know, to do whether through integrations, should have change management, both here and in the UK and in sort of, um, you know, public company environments as, as well as sort of, uh, you know, private company environments. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of experience in that area and, and, and enjoy it. It all starts with sort of listening, um, particularly when you're in a, when you're in a new environment. For me, this is new. I came from, uh, I came from an oil and gas and an energy environment where technology is uh, maybe more at a premium. It's certainly, uh, certainly more advanced um, by its nature. Uh, you're doing things that are, you know, much more challenging. But you know, there's there's challenges in the water industry and in any industry, and and sort of you know spending that initial time up front to to sort of listen, learn, and then figure out where um, you can apply these learnings from these from these other industries uh, based on experience to me is 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 sort of the overall key um, a lot of other things you got to do to get there depending on uh, where you're at where you're at your evolution your the culture and the and the and the business's uh, ability to change you've got to assess all that but uh, but ultimately, Listen, learn, uh, and then, and then build the roadmap and and kind of bring the team along with you is is uh, is the is the puzzle um, that if you get it right is uh, is hugely rewarding. Yes, it is uh, when you um, sort of recognize that sort of uh, uh, the level of ability to change and what have you, and then this, and then sort of taking that sort of that change journey forward and and bringing people with you there's some examples here in your previous roles in the perhaps in the oil and gas industry where you've where that's happened and you and you 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 know you work through that and it's obviously it's very very tough and everything and there are some examples where you've uh where you've done that and it's really worked you know my um you know my experience over in the uk uh helped me helped me sort of tremendously i mean this was uh this was an oil and oil and gas business um that had, um, you know, sort of been built up with sort of multiple acquisitions, right? And so this whole concept of, you know, when you build up and you sort of acquire these sort of different technologies, um, should you keep them separate and keep everybody sort of, you know, running their own show? Or should you kind of, you know, at some point um, to make it scalable, you've actually got to, you've actually got to integrate. You've actually got to, you've actually got to do the work to sort of take people out of the silos and, and work, you know, sort of across the common platform. And that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hard. Uh, particularly in with small technology companies where people are, are used to working with kind of a small group of, of kind of trusted colleagues and and now they find themselves having to interact, you know, with a broader range and styles and sometimes countries. Um, it's 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 very different and, and very yeah. difficult. So you've got to spend you've got to spend a lot of time one on one. You've got to you've got to understand the needs of the you know the different constituents, and um, and then you've got to find a way to sort of 
you know, sort of bridge those gaps and, 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 and kind of set a vision and strategy where people are bought in and, and then ultimately, um, you know, move forward together. So, you know, each one is, each one's very, very different. There's a, there is a playbook, um, but that playbook, uh, you know, changes every time. And, uh, and that's the, that's the neat, unique and fun part about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your whole, but your whole approach is, sounds like, sounds highly sort of people oriented, uh, ultimately. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 um, you, that's the, the job is to just work together and try to build, uh, build a consensus and then move forward in that way, in that way. And then hopefully bring people with you and then just keep going. And, uh, that's, that's, that's the work. That's, that's the, uh, that's the ultimate goal for sure. Easier said than done. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. So it's fascinating to, uh, to hear about that. And then your, your background sort of prior to that was with, with, uh, GE Wright. Is that your sort of foundational sort of, uh, career experience? Yeah, no, uh, I started out, uh, out of college as a, as a field engineer. Um, and so I've had, a, a sort of a kind of a field customer service thread throughout sort of my whole career. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy being out. Um, I enjoy being out with the crews. I enjoy being outside. I yeah. enjoy building things. Um, you know, and I enjoy being around customers. And so, um, yeah, I started out, uh, with GE and the, in the energy business and spent time both in this country and abroad. And again, in the UK, um, spent a lot of time in Wales, um, in different places, building, um, building power plants, refurbing power plants and, Ultimately, um, you know, with some of the clean coal and some of these other kind of initiatives and then ultimately renewables, uh, I've been on that journey. And then I moved to oil and gas and that had a strong uh, European connection as well. Yeah. We were headquartered in in Florence um, with Nuevo Pignoni and um, where they had a big, big compressor business, uh, global compressor business. And we did a lot of, since GE wasn't a traditional oil and gas player, we did a lot of, we did a lot of acquisitions and I was able to sort of hone my skills on, uh, you know, going through different integrations, different acquisitions kind of around the world. You know, you get pretty, get pretty good at finding common themes and, and figuring out how to, you know, how to take what on the surface sometimes is disparate pieces and and put them together in a way that uh you know adds value mm. it's a lot of fun yeah yeah so sometimes it's it every situation is different but then there's always these there's uh, similarities um as well that you can kind of uh you can draw on in that experience with that experience yeah so let's go back to um ag on then and on the, the 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 journey there then where where do you um what, what's the you know to the extent which you can read talk about it um Whereabouts is is Aragion on that journey at the moment, and what what are your sort of key focus areas right now? Yeah, you know, I think that um, you know, in a word, um, you know, it's probably technology. Yeah, um, one of the things that sort of appealed to me um, with this role is, you know, obviously with my background in oil and gas, you know, where sort of technology is sort of top of mind. You know, in, in, in other industries and in some of the industrials, you know, not as much. Yes. But, um, but, but 
but that's but that's where we can accelerate it. So I think you know that's where I can sort of help. But you know, if you think I was thinking about this the other day, Duncan. You know, you think about developing CIPP in 1971 in the UK. You know, you and I are you know, old enough to remember that that was before the internet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this technology was invented. You could do this stuff, but we were doing it with, with no internet, not even it, no internet, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and so things were done on clipboards. Things were done by, you know, sort of just eyeballs and crawling down at holes and, and kind of doing what you can. And then, you know, and then the internet came and, we were all kind of connected, right? We could kind of see what everybody else was doing was kind of stage one. And then for me, probably about 20 years ago, you know, you started to hear about this industrial internet, right? To where, to where now, you know, automation became sort of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and we've been in that phase for, for quite some time. Um, and so, you know, kind of made some made some changes, made some changes, um, and you could sort of automate some of the stuff. And in our industry, that's where robotics sort of picked up. And now you could you could do things in a little more sort of clever way, but you were still you were still restricted by you know bandwidth and and all those kind of things. And now, you know, industrial Internet of Things isn't uh, isn't good enough anymore. Now everybody wants the artificial kind of internet of things yeah so you know ai is 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 kind of the next wave um in finding ways to be kind of even more efficient so um you know a lot of industries out there are are anxious and 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 able particularly with the technologies available out there to you know to make themselves better to make themselves more productive uh, wherever they are kind of in that journey, but that journey has been going on for 30 years and, yes. it, uh, and it's likely not uh, slowing down anytime soon as, as, as you're well aware. And this is your di digital water term. That's where, that's where you've coined it as it were, just to make sure that the emphasis is on, is on the technology. Uh, exactly. I mean, I think all, well, a lot of industrials over here and I'm sure, uh, you know, in the UK as well are, are on that journey and it's, and it's a journey we think makes makes a ton of sense for investors, yep. you know, for customers, uh, and ultimately for employees. Yeah. I and mean, I think it's, that's why I've really enjoyed finding out about it because it's, it's a fascinating area because of the massively positive, uh, sort of outcome for, in the use of technology for the people involved in it, you know, in, in the past you'd have people, um, spending nearly all their time down and down holes in the ground in very unpleasant circumstances. And now you have a, a situation now where. The, the jobs are so much more interesting, but also there's so many more problems than um, uh, in in your sector than there than there is uh, sort of money or or even people. Even if you had all the people in the world, so the, the the technology and innovation is is what can actually make more people end up with clean water and um, and less less waste. There's uh, there's, there's kind of no no downside here, um, and it's quite often the uh, you know, technology and change is associated with uh, job losses and, and it's, it's all a bit of a negative and that the changes, uh, the, the projects are more expensive and than they thought they were going to be, everyone's upset. And all, so the whole thing 
it sometimes can be quite difficult to find positive stories. But this is really, really is one I think where there's, it's just all good, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to be um, intentional about it. I mean, I do think there's you bring up a good point. You know, there's a lot of situations where you know people throw technology at things for the sake of throwing technology at things, right? Because yeah. it's it's cool or it's shiny or it seems like it should be a good idea. But you do need to really you do really need to think through. You know, what is the what is the real you know the cost, what's the benefit for investors? Yeah. You know, what's the cost and benefit for customers? And then ultimately what's the, you know, what's the cost and benefit for, for employees? Uh, and if those, if all three of those, <laughs> you know, if all three of those kind of, um, turn green, then now you've got something that's, that's sort of worth pursuing. If you've yeah. got, you know, a red one or two, then, you know, maybe not so much, but I do think there's there's a lot of learning there too, and if you get it right, and for all the reasons you stated, I think, you know, the water industry, clearly its importance in our overall world and infrastructure is is a place that's that's ripe for, um, you know, better and more technology, and and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and then the AI bit is that is that just again. The, the ability to provide more automation and, and process more more data more quickly. What, what, what's the sort of angle there that you're thinking about uh, the role of AI? Yeah, so, you know, the best way to think about, you know, AI um, in our industry, in our, in our industry, a lot of what's going on now is there's a lot of AI work going on around what we call coding. So when you inspect, when you inspect the pipe, um, you, you, you know, the old way is you, you just take a video, right? You just take a video, you just run a camera yeah, and you run it. And so you've got miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of pipe. <laughs> you, you, th you think about that. And then yes. at some point, whether it's DVD or however yes. you, you got it there, Can't just watch it comes it. back to a person <laughs> you guys just watch it. Yeah. and there's a person somewhere in a dark room who's watching hours, 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 and miles and miles and miles yeah. of pipe and then saying, oh, I think I see something. Yeah. And and saying, that's a this. Oh, I see another one. That's that's a this. Um, and, you know, that's, that's how it was done. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take, you know, too much of a leap to think, whoa, okay, the cameras are better. You know, the data rates are better. Man, if I could just, you know, speed that up or if, if I had a better way, in, in this case AI, to maybe identify, you know, those those problems and sort of code them, wow, that would be more efficient. It, yeah. It'd be more, it'd be more efficient, you know, use of time uh, for the company and for the employees. Um, you know, it'd be more consistent. For, for the customers because, you know, people make mistakes, especially yes. when you're, you know, you're looking for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, um, in a dark room. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, there's plenty of work, much more, you know, much, much different ways to sort of deploy, you know, the talent that's out there than just, you know, sitting in a room 
looking at hours and hours of video. So this this idea of, again, it's got to hit all three of the buckets. But I mean, there's a really opportunity here to, um, you know, to offload some of that work, to subcontract some of that work, not overseas, but to, you know, kind of an AI engine and allow, allow those employees to, to get different jobs and better jobs. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, um, you know, that's some of the work that's going on in, in our, in our industry right now. Yeah. Fascinating. Yes. Um, what, so that would be, I guess the, the, the sort of key takeaway for you then really is it's the, it's like you say, is when you're looking at where to sort of, uh, sort of deploy your investment is those, those green lights that you're, you describing there, would that be your, uh, your one recommendation to, um, to the listeners for how to, how to figure out how to make use of technology. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's how I think about it. Yeah. And if, if, um, you know, technology for technology's sake, um, you know, doesn't get you all the way there. But if it has a, you know, if it has a tangible, you can just think through a tangible return for the investors, for your customers, and for your employees, you're going to find that uh, adoption rates are higher, you know, because it's it's ultimately it's ultimately the right answer, and so you'll have better buy-in, um, you know, and you'll be able to get to you know the right answer, um, you know, much more quickly. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end. So, um, really, thanks very much for joining us to, today, Jim. It's just been brilliant to meet up and and to talk through uh, your work with Ageon. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm Duncan Pry. What's the best place of getting in touch with yourself, Jim? I would say um, I'd say LinkedIn is great as well. You'll see me as uh, as Jim Junker. Can look up and and uh, that's a great place to start. Well, you can catch all the episodes, um, including series one, on uh, our website or by searching for the Making Things Work podcast on all the usual uh, audio apps. And if there's someone else you would like to have on the show, uh, please do get in touch with me. I'm happy to. Uh, um, to, to meet meet everybody and we'll be back next month for the next episode thanks so much for listening and thanks again Jim all the best thank you Dr. have a great day thank you